everyone. It's Mind Rolling back again. Raghu Marcus here and... David Silver also quite here. Quite here now. David is quite here now. Yes. Uh, we have a fantastic... Well, we're having fun this afternoon. I'll tell you that. Yeah, because, we're, you know, we're going through... Mu- this is going to be our music show and it's called... We've even given it a title. Into, Into the, the Mystic. mystic. Okay, well, right. that's <laughs> great. Silly. Um, but this was... Uh, Into the Mystic, just in case you didn't... Right. Um, but what uh, what we're talking about here is really an era. It's an era that Dave and I worked together in for three or four years at a major record company, Mercury Records. It was part of the Polygram Group, which was sold to Universal. And we uh, were... We had a label, Triloka Records, that was Krishnadas, myself, and a man named Paul Sloman. And David became the liaison for the label, working directly under the president uh, of uh, Mercury, whose name is Danny Goldberg. And Danny uh, was instrumental in giving us the freedom to be able to develop and find artists that were really represented a, a uh, I don't want to say a mystical tradition, but the songs that we have picked certainly have that ability to connect you to the mystic. We should have, uh, and uh, you know, this is inspired by, and it was at that time, this whole thing came to me actually, this little title, by Van Morrison's Into the Mystic. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, great, great song by Van, the man. Uh, the situation was I was hired by Danny at, at, at um, Mercury Polygram, who was a senior VP there of A&R, but the very first meeting we had, Danny and I, uh, official, you know, meeting, uh, he asked me, he said that I was also going to be responsible for independent labels. And he said, oh, by the way, it was this casual. He said, is there anything, are there any labels? He that said. you know, to me, that you know, that you would care to to for us to sponsor and and uh, grow, and I immediately said Triloka because <laughs> you know that's the way things are, it's nepotism. But I think we did the world a good. Dave and I were really close, you know, for many many years yeah, before KD. that. So I knew that this was the one to go because it was an evil. It was going to be an evolution, not just world music, which is nothing wrong with it, but I knew that Triloka had already done the uh, Ragu and. And Katie had already done some amazing... It wasn't, it wasn't just a question of finding music from around the world. It was music of a certain depth, uh, a great depth. And they did a great job. And I was so excited to be involved with them um, because it gave working at a major record label a special uh, tinge, a wonderful dimension of bringing music that no one had heard or very few people. And we were able to get out at a much larger audience because of that, because of being with a major label. But we started out doing jazz, actually. Uh, Krishna Das and uh, this other partner, Paul Sloman, were in L.A., and they bumped into a couple of jazz greats, Jackie McLean and Freddie Red, and they just recorded them. They just said, this is too cool. we got to record this. These guys had been out of New York, actually. And... uh, so then they, Krishna said to me, why don't you come on over there? You're good at managing and administrating shit. Let's see if we can't put a little label together. And I thought, wow, okay. Uh, you know, I've been in, involved in one way or the other with music for a lot of my life. 
uh, it was the most important thing to me. It's one of the, the transformational triggers that we have both talked about that did it for us. So I had a high motivation, and so did David, to turn people on to great stuff. Really, it was, it was as simple as that. And not, obviously, we didn't have the money to compete in the pop market or the, you know, any of the you know, R&B market or any of those you know, larger scale markets, but we knew that if we found a niche, there certainly was a, a population out there that, that wanted to get turned on. It was a very interesting kind of arrangement because uh, already Katie and Rago had, had worked out a lot of how to do this and who to get and everything. The question was, how did you get it in the, in the stores? And we, we must talk about this for a minute because it's very funny. And it was a constant battle because even though we were ratified by the president of the company and these two gentlemen were obviously qualified to do this, uh, the salesmen were basically selling Bon Jovi who was on a hologram act and, and made quite a lot of money for them. So these salesmen would have like Bon Jovi and then In Excess, who were the bands at the time, and, they, they would, and then they'd see at the bottom, you know, Wasiste uh, Diop. And they would come to me and say, who is Wasiste Diop? <laughs> I'd say, well, he's a, a genius Senegalese vocalist and, and musician and composer. We can't sell this. I said, well, could you give it a try? And they'd say, well, you know, yeah. No, you know, the truth is actually, <laughs> you, you sell your, yourself short. Do I? Yeah, because it's rare. these guys did come around, right? We would make presentations to the sales staff, yes. you know, at big conventions and so on and so forth. True. And uh, David was a way better salesman than any of these guys. <laughs> way better. I mean, they didn't know what was hitting them when he started to talk about, we're talking about Wasis Diop, who happens to be this uh, Senegalese guy who lived in uh, Paris, who uh, he was involved in some major French movies in terms of writing score and, and, and songs for and so on. He was one of the finest human beings I ever met. I mean, the most soulful guy. He was like this six foot two, beautiful man. I mean, he oh, was incredible. Amazing. amazing looking and like an angel. And it, that sounds really sort of soppy. But and so true. David went it's on true. about how he came, the lineage of the kings of Africa, of Senegal, and he went into Timbuktu and you know Mali and the whole tradition, giving this uh, erudition to these poor little sales guys who were like, oh, okay, Dave. And next thing you know, they, you know, they, they put him in Tower Records. And well, I mean, Tower Records was a big supporter. And once, by the way, yeah. when Tower Records went away, boy, a that, lot of that us That was the end of the away. CD. Yeah. yeah, and that's when all of that happened. But basically, yeah, no, you were a major reason why, uh, you know, some of these records got taken in where they got taken in. So, but the... Uh, the truth of of the matter related to how the hell does you know an indie label in a niche area in music land there really is due to Danny's uh, foresight because one of the things that happened just at the time where he made that deal with us and we were partners with him with Mercury was that Krishnadas took off. It was right around the time, right after Madonna did that record, Ray of Light, and the whole... Hindu thing was crashing down and all of a sudden yoga bloomed and blossomed right at the time when Krishnadas was going around. Uh, I mean, he, we said, hey, let's do this record. He said, I want to do a record because he, he had just started singing and, and at uh, Kirtan at uh, yoga centers and so on. 
And I said, why not? I mean, it's our label, and, you know, that Danny's going to be fine with it. And um, the, the, the truth is, it doesn't matter if it sells anything, as long as it doesn't cost, you know, anybody a lot of money. And bang, he j- it just connected at the right time, and the rest is history. And Raga won't me. say this, but I'm going to say it. The taste factor, and that's not a word that doesn't mean anything. It means a lot. In this particular sphere of global music, of a, of a depth and a quality, um, un- unforeseen to me, I, I didn't know a lot of this music, these guys knew this music. I remember once being in a, a little restaurant on 51st Street with KD and Raga. And KD started talking about African music. I knew he loved and knew a lot about African music. And Africa's obviously many, many countries. KD's knowledge of various countries, indigenous music, and then not just the indigenous music, but the indigenous mu- music, uh, you know, amplified and changed and, and remixed and so forth. The knowledge was there. So we were all very happy that out of all the people in the world, it happened to be our friends because Danny Goldberg, the head of the company, knew very well who Christian Das was as a kirtan singer, having heard him many times. And so there was a confidence there. And I, I, I have no problem saying that in all the albums that Triloka did, which were, ma- how many were there, Raga? I, I don't remember, 80, 100 probably. About 100. I, I never heard anything that I didn't just like. I just raved. So, All right, well, now you you're go. making play, me blush. And, well, I don't you care. Know. Let's get to the Tahitian choir because they had an instrumental well, part in this. Right? Yeah, this. so going back to the history of this, I guess this is a whole podcast on uh, Triloka. Really on the fun. Can you imagine that once... I mean, Triloka was started in 1990, and then we got together with uh, with Mercury. It was 1996. Six, yeah. yeah. So uh, we had five... For the first couple of years, we were doing jazz, and then we decided that we wanted to do stuff that was closer to our souls and of course we had a lot of experience in india and indian music and and we love the african music of course and uh jai utal was one of the first records that we did work with jai called footprints and that opened a lot of doors right away and right after that we're gonna we're gonna play a, a, a jai song and there's It'll be out of character, Jai doing Kirtan. This is, it's an amazing song, and I'll talk about it later. But uh, one of the things that happened that was fortuitous is that when we were working with, uh, we were doing some jazz records, and at one point we were working uh, with Walter Becker of Steely Dan, and Walter was producing some jazz records for us. And I just happened to mention to him one day, he said... I said, you know, we're going to start doing some world music uh, and uh, just kind of branch out from jazz because jazz is very difficult to sell. And it wasn't, uh, you know, it was close to our hearts, but it was something that uh, there was something else we wanted to do. And it was definitely world music. And he said, oh, Ricky Lee Jones, I just produced her record. uh, I think it was Flying Cowboys. uh, And he said her husband at the time, Pascal, had just gone to uh, Tahiti, uh, actually the last island in the Tahitian chain, and recorded these this choir that's been doing this uh, a cappella singing forever, passed down generation to generation. And there's something in, in that stuff, he said they do, that is so wild. It sounds like you're playing a 33 RPM LP that you've suddenly slowed down. They go down... 
these quarter tones down all the way. I mean, it is. Oh, let's listen to it. Should we? Well, I just wanted to finish what I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyhow, Wal- basically, thanks, Walter Becker, um, for the Tahitian Choir. So, yeah, okay, go ahead, play it.
Something. Raga, the, uh, what is the title of that track? Oparo e Oparo. And, uh, yeah, nobody ever heard anything like that. I had never heard anything like that. And I, this became the number one world music record in America in the mid-90s. Uh, I think it was 94 or something. And that set us off onto a tack that... Uh, we became extremely well known for just soulful world music. Yeah, but it's interesting because that is sort of like pure. You know, they're singing; it's, it's indigenously pure. And then the other side of the coin. Yes, we did the, have another side of a coin, which is the, the you know really skillful uh, modernization of all kinds of ancient and wonderful and heart blowing and mind blowing <laughs> musics. And I think the next one speaks to that. It's called. Um, Mina Davy, and it's uh, by uh, Tulku. So Tulku was a group that I formed with a guy named Jim Wilson. It was he and I producing, uh, and it's exactly as David. So we did this, you know, we got into this very visceral world music, and we'll play other things that were also, you know, had no modern adornment or not mashed up with with anything else. And then we 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 decided we need you know we wanted to just first of all express ourselves whichever way we thought uh, would be most conducive to the music. In this case, we we were also starting to do remixes, and um, that's what this particular song from so Tulku very much uh, was uh, an emblem of that for the label, and in fact uh, this particular song uh, Mina Davy appeared on uh, the very very famous what are those world music compilations David from France um, oh yes forgotten. shit they're four album sets yeah oh, no 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 I, no no there we'll, we'll there are two it. album sets two but album sets. yeah okay. so uh, it, it escapes me right now but I mean it's a long time ago but uh, they were very very popular so that also so that was also instrumental in they were called global meditation or something. No, no. no. Okay, forget it. Oh God, let's <laughs> just go and, and we get uh, our minds handed yeah, back, and the next incarnation will be yeah, good, right? And we'll get we'll get feedback saying, "Why don't you know a things you know, that you don't know?" Okay, here's you're supposed here. to do the research. I know. For well, God's you know, sake, I've been busy. Yeah. Um, so okay. this this put us on, so it's basically th- these two things put us on the map. So uh, Tolku, Tolku, here you go. Thank you. 
Pretty intense. Yeah, it's, it's more intense I than I remember. I haven't heard that in a long time. Nor, nor me. It's very, uh, whoa, it's that, a driving yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, So that, uh, th- those, those two things, those two pieces of music were the antecedents of our success that enabled us to continue to explore all the horizons that we did explore. So, uh, you know, owe it to those, uh, to Tolku and the Tahitian Choir. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What do we got up there next? Uh, next is something I absolutely Do agree. you have any anecdotes that you can tell me about behind, like when... Well, Because I, 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 I didn't hear everything that was going on, you know, somebody... Well, the only thing I, re- I, I wanted to say about that was that Tilku was really the brainchild of, of, of Jim Wilson. Um, no. Um, well, no, not quite right. No, no it was... Well, the, both of us developed it, I'm and sorry. Jim Jim Excuse was me. was the major part of the song songwriting and arranging, yeah. and then the two of us p- produced the stuff. Yeah, and he had Native American heritage, so uh, you know we got all range of stuff from Jim Wilson, who's a major kind of genius. Anyway, the next track is something that I just treasure. It's called "Altar of the Earth" by Jeff Beale and Noang Chag. Uh, and it's a combination of, uh, you know, Western and Himalayan. Uh, Tibetan. Tibetan. Yeah. Nuwan Kachag is yeah. a great Tibetan. Uh, yeah, and all I remember was that after uh, a p- after something that happened in New York about 10 years ago, I was absolutely amazed to hear that Nuwan was going to play at this party. Do you remember it, Rangu? Anyway, he, he played flute and other instruments. Yeah, uh, and he was just as amazing as on the records. The perfect pitch and emotion, and so on. Jeff Beale, I mean, is a composer and 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 musician of amazing. It's done and big, big time uh, sound. You know, soundtracks for all sorts of movies and television. Yeah, and uh, let's not talk too much about it up front. But it's called Alter. Of the Earth. Um, well, the main thing is yeah. it's 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 the soundtrack to the movie Cry, uh, Tibet uh, Cry of the Snow Lion, which was about the Chinese uh, coming in and taking over Tibet, and you know the, the obviously now it's completely been eviscerated. Then it was just starting, and monks were doing what they're doing now, and they got some incredible footage. It's a wonderful diam. Uh, documentary and uh you, you i'm sure you can get it on on netflix maria right yeah uh look for look for it it's got some disturbing footage in it which is only appropriate because it's real footage of chinese what was going on it's a bit very yeah. bad chinese Lhasa. stuff against uh, uh nuns and and monks and you see it it's so amazing, you can't believe you're looking at it. It's but they also show you the, the just fantastic yeah. uh, footage of, of the, you know, uh, vistas around, you know, it's right in the Himalayas, and it's just uh, marvelous. So there's a dichotomy between the horror and the great beauty in this film. Right. So Jeff wrote this music. Let's play the, this piece. It's, okay, it's, right now. Yes.
I have to say, Raghu, that in the last five years or so, if I've ever felt a particular kind of grey mood or some sort of self-pity, which is more <laughs> probable, um, often I would just pick out that Cry of the Snow Lion, Jeff Beale, the one mm. Kachaga record, put it on. I'm telling you, it was sort of like a complete, you know, antidote to yeah. this mood because it's so completely airy and takes you to the top of those mountains yeah. and back. And that's really, you know, we talk about this compilation here that we put together based on a, uh, a CD we put out, uh, Into the Mystic. If that doesn't really spell out where music can, can take you instantly, uh, I don't know what does. Yeah, that's really, you're absolutely correct. Okay, now I'd like you, Raghu, to talk a little bit about the next track, which is Via Joe, and it's called Kumba. Uh, tell us a little about that. Well, Via came to us as one of the first uh, African records uh, that we did through uh, Brian Keane, who is a, also works extensively, uh, soundtracks and so on. And uh, he brought this to me, and he wanted to do something where he took Again, this is really represented what what we loved doing, which was taking a completely pure, unadulterated sound that's been handed down generations and transmitted by someone who's part of that lineage and then worked into it a modern sensibility either through instrumentation or arrangements or rhythmic patterns or, or whatever uh, and just blended that together so that it's you could you could ride that wave way more easily than if it was completely and only you know like the Tahitian choir now there are many people out there i'm sure that that's a bit much you know all those kind of quarter tone slides and all of that stuff or it's just too a cappella and it's choir ish so this was this is a good example uh, of the the first music that we got into, where we really fused, but we it fused right. It was it did not lose its original intent. It didn't get watered down. It just was enhanced. So you know that's uh, Via, okay. and he came from Senegal, and a wonderful, wonderful. Man. I can't. It's impossible for me to say how much I I, I love Senegalese music and what is it about this very small. African country that produces this sort of amazing genius and beauty. Okay, let's go. Kumba.
You know, I have to say, I love it when I don't understand one single word, and I'm not being facetious. Then it becomes pure sound, and you get the heart, the core mm, yeah. of the musicians. And I just prefer it. I mean, I've heard KD talk about the fact that it was kind of hard for him to write in English after, after singing in other lingu- ling- lingies and uh, lingies. <laughs> lingies, lingies, languages. And I was trying to be serious here, and it's messed it up. But it, you know, <laughs> when you're hearing it as pure sound as you are with Via Joe there. Um, I've never understood what "ting ting ting ting" means. It could mean anything. It, it mm. could mean you know, kill English people. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I doubt exactly it. Exactly. Yeah, no, knowing the more words. gentle man you couldn't the, find the, on the, this. Earth. Most beautiful, yeah. beautiful beings, and I just think it's a remarkable thing hearing that sort of Eric Dolphy, Coltrane-ish. Saxophone, saxophone in there yeah, with I didn't I just can't even and those quiet women and and his just oh I mean I, I don't know we don't exude too much but I when I first heard that track all of you just tracks I'd never heard honestly anything I mean I'd heard Fela and what every sort of other person I'd heard from Africa but this was just something that by the changed. way we haven't yeah. said anything about getting this stuff you know I don't even know at this point, of course, the label was sold and, and it's gone off into a couple of different hands. It's all available online, absolutely available online. It could be Amazon, right? Amazon sells music, of course. And so and when you go to mindrollingpodcast.com and go to our banner for Amazon and click through there and order any of this music, and we'd be glad uh, to give you any more information that you might need by just telling us, uh, you know, even which, how many tracks down is the track you like, if you don't remember the name, and we, or we'll send you out the entire track list, but yeah. uh, that's a great way to support us, and we, we I thought you were going to be doing a little bit more salesman kind of thing there. No, I'm going to do my thing about audible.com now, which has got nothing to do with global music or Into the Mystic or anything. It's just a great company, and it's another one that supports us if you buy um, audible.com um, spoken word and audio versions of classics and novels and, and uh, great nonfiction books. Uh, we get something from that, and you get what you get, uh, same. Don't, they don't charge extra for that. And so Audible.com is very high quality, uh, very, um, you know, they, they monitor who, who reads very much. So when you listen to stuff there, you're going to hear some of the best readers. So try the banner on, on mindrollingpodcast.com. 
as well as the Amazon banner, and that's it. So let's get now to Talvin Singh. Uh, Raghu, you t- talk to us about the very famous and wonderful Talvin Singh. A tabla player, extraordinaire, producer, back from the, the days in England where he was living, and a bunch of different guys came up. Uh, Corner Shop was another one that were using a lot of Indian uh, motive-influenced music and combining it and so on. And Talvin was a big-time sought-off. Sought-off. Sought-off or sought-after. He was, he was short, but he wasn't sought-off. Um, so <laughs> He's not going to like that if he hears. I'm sorry. That. We're trying to be nice. Yes. Um, Talvin, by the way, Talvin doesn't need us to be nice to him because no, he, he didn't he work with Madonna for a while. Yeah. Every, yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, he did all of that. Yeah, and which no, you, he's you know, great. You can say, well, so what? So what means that uh, artists of the caliber of of Madonna can get anyone they want, and if they're inspired enough to know about someone like Talvin, they 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 go. I there was trying and, to say you know, sought after. Sought after. Yeah. Sought yes. After. Not sod sort sort after you know yeah, what I mean. So he was really trying yeah. to. Um, so he, well, right. I found him in Hollywood. He was actually in Hollywood, and uh, he, uh, we did this. So another big thing that happened, if we're going through the history of uh, Triloka Records, was that we developed something called Transplanet series. We did five or six albums over the years of the, you know, essency world music. Not all of it's sort of mystical stuff, but like we're playing now, although that uh, remix, well, that voice was totally mystic, right? You know, that that remix thing we did with Tulku, uh, Mini Devi. Anyhow, this uh, transplant became extraordinarily popular. I mean, we were getting requests from what, like, Keith Richards was f- calling the label going, please send, his manager was send Keith Is, a bunch of records. Could you send me a copy of, uh, what was he called? <laughs> trying, trying to sh- plan it. Right. Could you get over? Right. Is that how he? No. Keith? I think if he listened to this, he'll... he'll He'll get after you too. <laughs> yeah. So we have two people yeah. after us: Talvin Singh he and Keith Richards. He used to talk like that. Now he talks very well because he's very straight. Yeah. Oh, he's straight. He, he has, if he's he straight, do dr- he doesn't do drugs, unless you count a little alcohol, which we all do. Right? Who does? You don't? No, I don't, I don't actually. I told nor do you. Um, so Talvin was one of those people that you know you have to credit with creating these brilliant crossovers. Yeah, and um, you know. So should we? Yep, let's play it. What's it's the title played. of this It's one? called John, and I don't know the name of the singer in this. Uh, he, uh, this, I think that he, basically he went to India, and in Bombay he found this incredible singer. Listen to her.
incredible uh, rhythm track he programmed there. I think I think the uh, Raghu, I think the the vocalist is uh, Niladri Kumar, Niladri Kumar. But there, I know that there's at least few people out there who'll know the real truth about that. So if we're right, uh, we're right. If we're wrong, let us know. Um, Talvin was actually born in London, and but a Punjabi heritage, right. and yeah. went to India to study classical tabla, but came back and and founded, I, I guess, what they call the Asian Underground. Yeah, that was happening in London at the time. Which has had a lot of influence all over the world in terms of uh, mixes and remixes and beats. and. and yeah. But you know what? What he had going, really, is he really understood, out of that tradition, the trance, the true trance. I don't, you know, we don't mean trance electronica. We mean real, like, you allow this thing to do that round in your head and in your heart and in your body and you start to get sucked into that vortex and and get into you know this you know a meditative one point thing and that's that's a big deal about uh what we're talking about here with music and uh, allowing you to access the mystical and get out of your senses and mind and uh, that's that's really uh emblematic of that for sure i mean some of the other stuff we're playing here uh, is not necessarily in that direct into the... Some of it's just heart opening. It's just a melody that just absolutely changes your space in the moment. And uh, this next thing is uh, is some of the other things that we tried to do. Of course, we would bring different uh, singers from different cultures together. And in this case, Ismail Lowe, who is one of the great African singer-songwriters. Another period. Senegalese gentleman. Yeah, another, no. yeah, Senegal, yeah. you're right. I yeah, mean, it yeah. is just a wealth of, 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 uh, of wonderful, wonderful artists who come from these long, long lineages. And look at what you did and who you put in together with, of, of all people, remarkable. Marianne Faithful. Who is soul uh, itself, yeah. right, yes. Marianne? Yeah. I mean, yeah. but Marianne, you know, is associated originally with the song As Tears Go By, which mm-hmm. was their number one hit, written uh, by Mick Jagger and Keith Richards, and was actually Mick's girlfriend, I think, for a while. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. What's important is the... Um, this woman is, has got such a, a, a deep and incredible voice, and usually one associates Marianne with more doleful, melancholy mm-hmm. things. So you put it together with Ishmael Lowe, and and, and it's a Roger Waters song. Oh, okay. yeah, a Roger Waters song. <laughs> yeah. my, my my man, yeah, yeah. Um, and by the way, David, we, no one will ever accuse you of dropping names. Just stop. No, it's I true. You've I actually met. Ninety-nine point nine percent of the people you talk about. Yeah, uh, yes, See? I have. I have, and Roger Waters for sure. And Roger is an innovator of amazing kind. I mean, I'm not going to go back there because we talked about another podcast. But he, it's not surprising to me that his name is involved with this collaboration. Yeah, so this is quite yeah. a collaboration. Let's so, hit it. Okay. Dave, you played the same song again. All right, I'm really sorry. Uh, we're not going to go through that again. I, you know, it's the first Jesus, mistake I've this, made. He's my, yeah. you know, 
engineer here. What a, what a DJ. Sad, I mean, that's a sad thing in itself. Look what you've done for God's sake. I'm sorry, sake, you know, but just, people, you know something, when I'm listening to a podcast or something, or watching a TV show or whatever, and someone makes a mistake, it's my favorite part of the whole thing. So let's not, you know, let's... It's not my favorite. I'm waving like a madman, and you're not looking at me. I was to, studying my iPad. Oh, for God's I'm sake. A, do the research before. All right, play okay. the dams. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Toutes les femmes sont des reines But some are more regal than others Some shatter a man's dream By breaking away from their love Cette chanson pour cette reine Qui dit à son roi Maintenant I am gone Gone with the wind A love that you would not defend with your life You cannot be friend now which is in your eyes I am gone Gone with the wind I am gone In search of a new king Toutes les femmes sont des reines Sur terre, sur mer, neige ou désert Derrière le voile des formes pleines Il y a le mystère des sirènes Burn the town, burn the back street bars Burn your boardwalk, basement trade Feel the flame, feel the curve of the salt Your living flesh Reeks of compromise, babe And in the face of barbarian odds An honest defeat is your only reward The love that you would not defend with your life You cannot be friend now with tears in your Voilà ce qu'a dit une reine à un roi bon vaincu sans haine. Elle est partie comme s'en va la mer 
quand la lune veut ça. I mean, that, Raga, that's an example of what you were just talking about. That's not really trance music. It's just beautiful coming together of two marvelous vocalists. And, and the, you know, if you listen carefully, the, 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 um, the emotional range of that song, what's going on, what it's about, is so moving, I think. Yeah. And the words are fantastic. Really. Roger must have written he, those words. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible lyricist. Yeah. Anyway, um, so here we go again. The next track is yet another no. Senegalese person. No. 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 We have to, we are coming to a major, major T in the road. What is that? Well, we're, we're up against, you know, our uh, time allotment by our, you know, our network allows us a certain time allotment. (laughs) Our network? Yeah. Our network. (laughs) What is that? It's a universal network. It's, it's, yeah. And uh, so, but I'm thinking we have, no, reality is that we were going to do, we wanted to do the show around mystical music related to Triloka and our work together, and and we're the two luckiest guys, by the way. We haven't said this in the whole world to have been able to do this over that period. I mean, I did it actually I was very fortunate over uh, an 18, 19 year period, uh, but this one core period for the label was uh, the from the mid 90s to the end of the 90s. And that, uh, and then what crazy thing happened, of course, we went through a couple of other permutations, other partners and so on, because Polygram got sold. Uh, and we ended up back with Danny again when he had Artemis and, uh, it, we, we got back together with him. Yeah, he, he took care of He the, just loved cont- what we were doing. It, right. it was, uh, it's, it's pretty I, amazing know, story. And then of course, David, we were back doing stuff together yeah, again. So, so we had a couple of runs at this. And uh, just to be able to do, just to sit down here today and pick this music and play it, and 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 you know, it's been a, uh, quite a while since I've heard some of these tracks, uh, many years, and uh, you know, wow, are we lucky guys? Talk about right livelihood too. You know, we had that other chat uh, podcast around yeah, that. This I mean, is lucky we, livelihood. Yeah, yeah, lucky livelihood. Yeah. Really lucky. But I think you know. The we thing should, is, nobody made a whole lot of money. I want everybody to know that. No, it's a bad thing to make money. We made a living. We made a living, but uh, it was it was really and you know, machen brachen, whatever that is. Whatever it is. <laughs> One of the things I'd say. Without, I hope it doesn't sound too Pollyannish. But working with some of these. Uh, musicians from the, the all parts of the planet was generally speaking uh, a delight uh you didn't get that uh, you know there's an ego in just becoming an artist you, know, you have to but it, it wasn't the same as working with you know bands from from uh, new jersey and southern california not to say there's anything wrong with those bands but there was just something 
a little bit more pure usually when you're dealing with these gentlemen. I must say that Rago and KD were the most perfectionist guys. And I'm, this, is, this is not meant as a huh? compliment. You're perfectionists. You about? Know, about the, the quality, the mix, the arrangement, the, 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 well, the we, ordering of the tracks. So I was always... More than that, you know, it was who they were. And we, we really yeah. wanted to only deal with substantial music. Yeah. You know, some of what we're doing was, in a way it was... Because, you know, it was big back then in this genre was New Age music. It was called New Age music. And it was the most, you know, it was like elevator music to us. We could not believe, I mean, some of it was really popular and we will not, you know, name names. Or some anything. of it was good too. It wasn't that, it was just the sweep of this movement and the vast majority seemed to be, you know, sort of the ocean of mediocrity. Yeah, it was, it was that. So we really wanted to introduce substantial music that really could connect with the heart. Uh, right. And the mystical part so, of ourselves. So listen, Raghu, we've got a, 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 a not even halfway, one song from being halfway through this. So why don't we do another uh, podcast yes. like, like this? I think we with, should. With and some... and if we get mail, like, what the hell? If we wanted to listen to a bunch of music, we'd get, you know, on one of those, uh, you know, services. And Well, if you feel that way. But actually, you know what? You know. would never find this stuff. No. Ever. No. Never find it. <laughs> 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 well, okay, we're so we're going to do that, all right? We've made a deal, we're going to do it. And um I mean, to my chagrin, we have to end this now. So I'm going to um, kill you. What's wrong with that? He don't tell him where I said that. Oh, well, God no, Saraswati so. Marcus. She's my wife and she's egging him on uh, every one of these podcasts. Okay, we're not going to bore you anymore. We appreciate by the way everyone's contributions to help support this podcast. We have a wonderful store with with uh, really cool T-shirts. What what is? Uh, stop! It's like a store, <laughs> like Bloomingdale's. It's something? like Bloomies. We got a Bloomies. You can get a T-shirt and mugs. And we also got a donate. If you don't care about any of this stuff, or going to Amazon, or doing any of it, just send us a you know a, a couple of bucks, a couple of shekels, because Dave, <laughs> otherwise he takes the bus back home. How about food? How about food? Yeah. Okay. Mind rolling podcast. Uh, we'll see you soon. Au revoir. Yeah. Ciao.